Dream Life Worship Center in Randallstown, Maryland, is an uplifting church, helping people live their dreams and fulfill their purpose by following the Word of God. Enjoy this message. Very familiar scripture, James chapter number 2, and we're going to go straight down to verse number 26. Not going to read the whole chapter, because we know that the whole chapter gives us a great background and plenty of examples of how the faith of so many men and women in the Bible was proven, but I want to bring the 26th verse to your attention. James chapter number 2, down into verse number 26. If you're ready for the word, say, I'm ready. Now, let me begin by saying this. Any, any man or woman of God who tells you that poverty is godly is a liar. Anybody who would try to preach to you a deposit that, 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 that false narrative in your spirit is certainly an agent of the devil. God does not hate the poor, but I believe that God does hate poverty. And don't let anybody convince you ever in your life. You've been in this ministry under this glorious teaching and you've been seeing your life elevate, going, to, going from level to level, from glory to glory. You've been increasing and increasing. And this devil is loose in 2022 trying to convince the body of Christ that some way, somehow, we've got it wrong when we walk in the level of glory and prosperity that God has created us to walk in. Let me tell you something. Shut that devil up every time he tries to get in your ear. God absolutely hates poverty and he loves to see you prosper if you believe that shout amen somebody now James chapter number two. Oh yeah 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 verse down into verse number 26 the Bible says for as the body without the spirit is dead so faith without work is dead now there's another Bible translation uh, I, I can't even think of it off the top of my head but it says it like this as a body without a spirit is dead, likewise, faith without obedience is lifeless. You may be seated. I'm going to go back to some scriptures in a moment, but I want to start with that one right there. Pastor's been talking about the harvest. The harvest. Somebody say it's harvest time. It's harvest time. Say it with power. Say it's harvest time. And now say the word now. Say it again. Say now. Let's get it. Let's get it. We're not waiting on it. The harvest is now. The overflow is now. The increase is now. My grandfather taught me this some time ago. He said, Marcus, you got to learn how to walk in harvest through your spiritual eyes oftentimes before you see it in the natural. And there what you see in the spirit will catch up to the natural. Maybe you're in the room right now and it don't feel like there's an avalanche of favor moving your way. But I'm declaring right now and as you've been living under this cloud of harvest, an absolute avalanche of God's favor is moving towards your address. But it requires this thing called partnership with God. Partnership with God. Partnership with God. Oftentimes we hear that thing, partnership, and right away we think about a fundraiser. And there's nothing wrong with a fundraiser, and there's nothing wrong with sowing, and nothing wrong with partnering with ministry, specifically with your gift. But this thing called partnership with God goes beyond you just reaching in your wallet and giving. Partnering with God has everything to do with you being willing to get yoked up with God, yoked up with his plan, even when you don't understand what it looks like. 
partnering with God means to connect with him and to get in harmony with God for his perfect will and perfect plan for your life. Partnering with God, uh, even in business, we talk about general partnerships and that's to describe one or two or more people who get together and partner and they all have the same voice, they all have the same authority, they all have the same rights. But even in partnership with God, we're not in a general partnership. This is even better considering our relationship with the Father. This partnership is servant partnership how many servants in the room this morning they can say I'm a servant of the true and living God this isn't to punish you this isn't to diminish you in fact we ought to find joy in our in our slavery to the will of God we find joy in our servanthood in fact there's a great reward in the word when you look at Psalm uh, 35 and 27 Psalm 35 and 27 tells us something so rich all right that gives us the reward of what it means to be a partner servant of the Lord a partner servant of the Lord if you look at the verse of uh, uh, Psalm 35 and 27 I want to read it to you because I want everybody to understand that there's a great reward that comes with being a what a servant partner somebody say that again say servant partner yeah a servant partner with God here's the reward Psalm 35 and 27 let them shout for joy and be what glad let them shout for joy and be glad this is not this is not punishment Serving God is not punishment. There are seasons where we've got to serve and we've got to, we got, we got to say yes to God and it's uncomfortable. But we got to remember, as servants of God, this isn't punishment. God isn't beating us up. This, this, this isn't painful slavery. There is always a reward on the other side of our serving. There's always a reward on the other side of our yes. And he says, let them shout for joy. Yea, let them say continually, watch this here, let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be what? Magnified. That means in our serving, we are yet magnifying the one we're in partnership with. Not as a general partner thinking that we're equal to God because a lot of folks get equal to God. They feel like they are God and when the Lord begins to bless them, they make the biggest mistake of their life. They get promoted beyond God. They get promoted past God. They get promoted past worship. So if we stay in our place and recognize this ain't a general partnership, but yet servant partnership, we magnify him in our blessings. Guess what he does? It says, may the Lord be magnified who has pleasure. He finds joy. He finds excitement in the what? The prosperity of his who? Not his general partners. Not the wannabes that want to be equal to him, but he finds pleasure in the prosperity of his who? His servants, his servant partner. God finds delight in giving you the overflow that you're seeking. God finds delight in releasing the harvest that we've been shouting about all year long. How many of you can lift your hand right now and say, I'm glad that God is glad about blessing me? I'm glad about it. When the world will say that we please God more, we struggle. I can turn to him and say, my Bible tells me that God gets happy when I'm walking in the blessing. If you believe it, shout amen, somebody. God gets happy when I'm walking in the blessing. But this thing called harvest comes with responsibility. It requires participation. As much as we love God and we know that God is all-powerful and he can do anything, he's omniscient, 
He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. All these attributes of God are so rich and they're so true. But at the same time, though God has a plan for our lives, you and I are still responsible for doing the planning for our lives. It's not about just sitting back and just letting rain from heaven just simply fall because the rain from heaven that falls is in response to our obedience. It's in response to our yes. It's in response to our yielding to the Holy Ghost and yielding to the voice of God. Many of you in the room right now, and I can tell by just looking out here, I don't even have to be deep and super prophetic to try to dig into your past and try to find out what your last name was and your address and what's in your refrigerator. I can look at you and tell that you're harvest-minded people. I can look at you and tell you that you're dreamers. I can look at you and tell, tell you that, that many of you have this unction in your spirit. And if I'm confirming it, just lift your right hand and let me know that you're really just one faith step away from your dream becoming your reality. Oftentimes, that one step is the very step that God is wanting to see you at your fullest capacity of servanthood. Serving, serving, partnering with God, getting an agreement with God, getting in harmony with God. Look at this, this word agreement here. This word agreement, what it means to agree. So I'm partnered with God as a servant partner, but yet I'm in harmony. And when I agree with God, there's something wonderful that comes out of this word agreement. When we agree, it means to achieve or to be in harmony when it comes to opinion, feeling, and purpose. To be in agreement, achieving harmony with God. To say, I agree with God's opinion. Now, in the natural, we kind of say, what's God's opinion? When we think of that, we're saying we're in agreement with his word. We're, there's nothing in the word that we want to contradict. We're in agreement with his word. We're in agreement with what he says. We're in agreement with God's point of view, God's perspective that we get based upon the word of God. Amen? And he says, not only are we in agreement with God's opinion, we're in agreement with how God feels. When we read the word and we hear about what makes God angry and we hear about what makes God glad, like Psalm 35 and 27 just told us, he is glad, he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant partners. We know that God feels good about us being blessed. This is one of the reasons why you got to stop watering down your favor and watering down your prosperity to satisfy the insecurities of jealous people around you. Because if God is okay with it, I'm okay with it. And if you mad about it, you just going to have to watch me soar. Are you hearing me, somebody? It is, oh man, can I deal with that for a minute? It is the enemy that has tried to get us to hide how blessed we are because we don't want to offend nobody. Who cares about your offense? You don't even know what I've been through to get what I've got, to drive what I drive, to live where I live, and to enjoy life the way that I enjoy. You don't even know the amount of work that I've placed into this thing to have my dreams become my reality, for me to sit around and hide it from you who ain't doing nothing. I'm so tired of hiding the harvest. I don't want to post this. I don't want to share this. I don't want to testify. And let me tell you something. If you got people in your life that you feel like you don't want to call them and tell them good news because you already know how they act, that is somebody that needs to get up out your space. Because right there, you got the proof that they're going to be toxic to your next level. You need people in your life that you can freely rejoice with. 
You can freely let them know, man, look, I got some good, I ain't told nobody else. And you, there's some people that you feel like they're your secret partners and you can't even talk to them because they start acting funny when God begins to bless you. I'm good as long as God is happy about the harvest that he's released in my life. I'll learn how to celebrate by myself if I have to. Amen, somebody. So the opinion, the feeling, and the purpose. That God has for your life. Getting in agreement with God. Somebody say, I'm in agreement with God. Watch this here. Partnership with God isn't about just getting what you want. It has everything to do with you desiring what he desires for your life. Psalm 35, uh, excuse me, Psalm 37, verse number four. Very popular, popular uh, verse in the book of Psalms. It says, delight thyself, what? Also in the Lord, and he'll do what? He'll give you the desires of your heart. A lot of people are missing it in this season because they believe, oh, he's going to give me the desires of my heart, thinking that that only means what you came up with on your own. He's not talking about what you came up with. So what we have to do is so that we can see the harvest come quicker and we can see the manifestation of God's perfect will, our prayer has to not be, well, Lord, give me what's on my Christmas list, but Father, help my heart to turn to what your heart are you following me? To see, that's the way that the enemy tricks us. Like I said before, let me make sure I was right. Okay, I'm looking. Everybody look like they're on the verge of something. Everybody looks blessed, right? How many of y'all in here save? Okay. Okay. All right, now this time I save and you actually know it. Like if Jesus come right now, it's just going to be closed in here. All right, all right, all right. So watch this here. The enemy knows that he can't fool you with, with godly things. He can't fool you with a godly harvest. He got he to gotta, he gotta pull you out of God's will with, with good things that look like God. Because if something is good, normally we assume that it must be God because it's good. But there's a lot of good things that are just distractions. To pull you away from, watch this here. What's perfect? You're in a great place, Are you hearing me? Some of us in places right now doing good things, and we think that it's the perfect will of God because it's good. And the enemy says, if I can just get you to do something good and have you feeling all right in that space, God won't be mad at you, but you won't be fulfilling his perfect will. I was pastoring a church this way before Dominique, and I actually closed my church to date her. That's a whole nother conference. Y'all invite me back for the singles conference. I, was, I had tried to start a church, and that thing wasn't working out, boy. It was, it was terrible. But it was good because people was getting saved, people were getting blessed, people were getting healed, and it was a good thing. And guess what? I was distracted by that good thing because the God thing that God had for me was to go out to the world like we're doing today and have crusades around the world and write books and take over television ministries and do all these other wonderful things to be a blessing to the body of Christ. But that little good thing kept me distracted. So I thought that that was the harvest, and it was nothing but therapy are you hearing me somebody so delighting ourselves in the Lord and him giving us the desires of our heart has everything to do with us desiring what God's will is so our prayer as we are reaching for harvest in this season is Lord help me to recognize the right harvest because there's some things that are the harvest in our life and we don't think it's the harvest because it's not exactly what we prayed for. Are you hearing me, somebody? This is all about partnership. God is a servant partner. I'm not a general partner with you, so 
we don't have the same exact plans. As a servant partner, help me to get in touch with your plans so that I'm flowing the right way and I'm not missing your perfect will for my life. Amen, somebody. What's this here? Partnership. Somebody say partnership with God. All right, partnership with God, hear me, requires these three things. I want you to write this down. If you're going to successfully partner with God concerning the release of your harvest, there are three things I want you to write down, and then we'll expound upon each of these. Number one, people who successfully reach their harvest in God have a great work ethic. Three things that matter. Your work ethic, your integrity, And it's the hard one, your stewardship. Say this out loud with me. Say work ethic, ethic. integrity, Integrity. stewardship. Stewardship. One more time. Work ethic, ethic. integrity, Integrity. stewardship. Stewardship. All right, all right, all right, all right. Not in dream life, but you know some folk at your old church. Christians, many Christians, and I say boldly that it is many Christians because there are, there's only a remnant of us that, that, that have tapped into this and are still getting better. And guess what? I'm one of those people that are still getting better, just in case you thought I was trying to preach like I'm Superman. Absolutely not. I am still growing in everything that I'm teaching you right now. 35 years old, I don't have it all together. I get to do a whole lot of preaching and teaching all over the world, but I can admit to you I am still growing and I'm still allowing God to do what he got to do in my life. Amen, somebody. We, as Christians, many of us, can be the laziest people in the world. Because we trust God. All right, are you hearing me? We just, we trust God. We trust God so much to the point that we believe that a hikatatabasha is going to shift it. We'll come to church real quick. I'm bringing my, and just dance on the bill. Dance on the bill, dance on the bill, and still splurge. When God, you don't realize God blessed you, the money that you bought that Louis with could take care of that light bill for the rest of the year. God just gonna do it, God gonna do it. And we have every right to trust God, but we're not trusting in God to be magical. We are trusting that God will give provision for the need. And also give wisdom to us on how to handle what needs to shift in our life. That's, the, that's what we trust in God for. God, give me a sign. Give me people. Give me revelation. Give me connections. Give me opportunity. That way I can work my faith and then have the provision necessary to get what I need. Are you hearing me, somebody? God, God can do everything for us. Watch this here, and we'll still miss it because we don't realize that he's not just going to do it like that. Like the, you know, it's not magic. It's, 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 it's the anointing that comes where he motivates our will to work and do what's necessary. Are you hearing me, somebody? I know it don't sound like good news because we just want God to do everything. Oh, South Carolina, everything. But remember, we are... Partners, servant partners. Look at this here. Let me show you this here about that word partnership. I'm getting excited, man. We got to go out to eat, Dominique, without these kids. I hurry up and get this out. Look at this word partnership. There's another part of the word partnership I'm going to show you. Looking at the word partner, it's one associated with another, especially in action. In action. Somebody say action. Action means Both people have to be doing something. 
in partnership with God, it's not general. We are what? Servant partners. We are both doing something, but our responsibilities are different. I don't have the same responsibility as God, but God has given you and I a responsibility here on earth to activate our faith. And then like James 2 and 26 says, don't just sit around and say, I've got faith, but you've got to work your faith. So when God gives you the opportunities and the open doors and the connections, watch this here, to make something happen with your physical hands, you take action as a, as a servant partner with God. And your action is what leads to the release of the harvest. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Somebody say action, action, action. Come on, 2020, 2022 is the year to take action, to overflow in action, to do something, to go sit down and have coffee with people that don't look like you or people that you never thought you'd be around because that could possibly be the conversation that releases the harvest you've been praying for for the last seven years. Action, doing something. We have a responsibility. Our work ethic has to match the weight of our desires. Can't be believing God for, 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 for multi-million dollar accounts and we put in minimum wage work ethic. I had a pastor the other day. He gave me his book. And we've written about 15 or some odd books. Had a couple of bestsellers and best new releases. And he gave me his book. And it wasn't a book. It looked like one of them funeral programs. And I said, man, I said, you got to do better than this, sir. I said, you got a dream. You want to be a best-selling author. And you want your books to, to, to go far. And you want to be a great author. I said, this right here does not show, watch this here, that your work ethic is matching the, the level of desire you have for your future. Harvest requires above and beyond effort if we want above and beyond overflow. Are you hearing me, somebody? Somebody say amen to that. Come on. Your, 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 your harvest is going to come in over and above and over and beyond. When you go above and beyond and over and beyond in your work ethic. So what? If it doesn't make sense, it's going to make sense when you see that harvest come because of the level of work that you put into your vision. Are you hearing me? Just to share a testimony, we, you know, we've been on TBN and all those little places, and those are big dreams of mine to get on these networks and preach the gospel. I mean, that's great. Who wouldn't want to do that knowing that those satellites go to millions upon millions of people? But guess what? There are people that reach out to me, and they've got an audience of 30. And guess what? If I'm available, I tell them, yes, I will do your show. You know why? Because there is never no such thing as small work when you've got big dreams. Every step takes you high. I don't care how small a step is. A step can be a centimeter high. If you step up there, you went higher than where you were. Yes, sir. And there's a lot of people in the body of Christ, they need to stop looking at small steps as unnecessary because that small step, you can preach to a million and you can preach to 15 people and one of them 15 could be a billionaire sitting there in some overalls that could change your life forever. Yeah. That's also why we got to learn how to be nice to everybody. Yes, because you never know what person that doesn't look blessed is actually carrying the keys to your next harvest. Somebody say work ethic, work ethic. And then of course integrity. Our integrity matters. Our integrity matters. Oh my God. When you walk in the blessing, you're walking as a representative of the kingdom of God. It's a shame, but I shared something online the other day and I took it down because I wanted to repost it so I can really stab some folk. But... Um, I had to make it clear. I said, you can't do business with everybody, even Christians. 
Walking in the blessing, we want to intentionally shock people when they need us and see that we're different than the status quo. When people come to dream life, you want them to come for the first time and you want them to leave and say, you know what, them church folk up in there wasn't like the church folk I grew up with. Hello. As a believer at, at, on the job, in your businesses, in your place of work, or wherever you go and you, 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 you know, where people know you, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they would see your what? Good, your who? Your good works, and then they'll be turned to do what? Glorify the Father in heaven. God blesses integrity. God blesses honesty. People of harvest are people of integrity, and we are people who are honest. We don't have to cut corners to get blessed when we are partners with God. Only folk got to do that kind of stuff with people who are partners with man. When you're a partner with God, you don't have to cut corners because even when things look like they're not going to work out, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all of your ways acknowledge him and he's going to do what? He's going to direct your path. Often on that path direction, it don't look like it's working out. But when you're partnered with God and you trust the one who you serve, you won't have to take shortcuts to get to the harvest. So keep your integrity. We never know who's watching, especially those in my age range in here. Most of you seasoned folk, you got that part. But even my generation, we're so quick to take shortcuts. We're so quick to just try to get rich quick and all that. That mess don't work. But our integrity carries more weight than some of our credentials. Amen. So represent the kingdom right way. Every time you have an opportunity, make folks testify when they talk about you. They're honest. They're trustworthy. Amen. And then, of course, the last one, stewardship. Stewardship. How do you take care of what God has already given you? And can God, can God look at your resume now and be willing to give you more because of how good of a steward you've been with, you, with what you've already had? This stuff doesn't belong to us anyway. This stuff doesn't belong to us anyway. This is, this, is, this is God's stuff. He's trusting us with it. All the stuff we have that shows how blessed we are and all the wisdom we get and the health we get and happy relationships we have, you know, because prosperity is not just money, but prosperity is having good success literally in every area of your life. Every area of your life. People look at you at Dream Life and they know that there's something different about you. But we have these things as uniforms. This is just your uniform that God give you to say, go and serve while you're there on earth and show forth what it's like to be a part of my kingdom as an ambassador and get others to want to get citizenship in the kingdom of God. Because when they see us living well and they see us living happy, joyful, peaceful lives, they want to say, well, what kind of life do you live? And you can tell them, I'm a partner with this man named God. Are you hearing me, somebody? So stewardship is so important. Be faithful over few and God says, I'll make you ruler over many. Protect what you have. The most disappointing thing I've seen in the kingdom is for people to get blessed and before the praise break is over, before testimony service is over, they've lost it. Because oftentimes we rush God's release and then we get what we thought God released and we didn't do anything but snatch something that was available. And when we do that, we also prove that we're not prepared to receive what we've been praying for. And this is why God holds it. So often you'll get something and the Lord said, this is not my perfect will. It's my permissive will. And when you're in the permissive will, you're feeling blessed and highly favored for a season. And then after a while, you're praying for a way of escape. Stewardship has everything to do do with us learning how to manage what God has given us. 
So as pastor teaches on stewardship, man, soak those teachings in. Soak it in when Doc teaches on stewardship and things like that because teaching on stewardship helps us to ready ourselves for what's coming. And then watch this here. When we are ready with good stewardship teachings and we've got the right spirit of stewardship, when it comes, we won't lose the harvest. How many can believe God right now that this season of harvest is not going to be a temporary experience, but it's going to be a harvest that's going to come with longevity. Come on. It's coming with longevity. It's just not going to be a season, but this blessing is coming with longevity. It's not just going to be for a couple of weeks. It's not just going to be one Sunday we're going to dance, and the next Sunday I got to get delivered again. This harvest is coming with longevity. It's here to stay. The only thing that's going to change is the level and the level and the level and the quantity. It's going to increase and get better. If you believe it, shout amen, somebody. Glory, glory, glory. Somebody give God praise right there for about 10 seconds for the fact that this harvest, my work ethic, my integrity, and good stewardship, I'm not going to lose it this time. I'm not going to lose it this time. It's going to stay, and it's going to forever increase. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. This thing of obedience. Oh, I got a little time left. This thing of obedience. Let's go to Deuteronomy real quick. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Deuteronomy chapter number 28. Somebody say, I'm a servant partner. I'm a servant partner. I'm a servant partner. I'm partnering with God for my harvest. Deuteronomy 28. Now, in my Bible, this Bible I've had since 2007 when I first did my initial sermon. My grandfather gave it to me. And you know, that's crazy. This year be, what, 16 years of preaching? Wow, don't I look old? Yeah. 16 years, right? That crazy. Blessings and obedience. Now, I'm not going to read the entire 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, but I want you to see something in Deuteronomy chapter number 28, and let's go down into verse number 11. Down into verse number 11. And this is what the word of the Lord says. It says, and the Lord will grant... Hold on. Y'all can't be quiet on this part because this is the part where I like to shout. Y'all got your Bibles? And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. In the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Somebody say, that sounds good. That sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good, right? Verse number 12. <laughs> hey, the Lord will open to you his good treasure. How many of you believe you're a candidate for that? Come on. How many believe that you're a candidate? Do you know who you are? The Lord will open for you his good treasure. Now, remember in the word, whenever you see the children of Israel and Judah and people like that, you can put yourself there. Whenever you're reading the word where we're talking to the children of God or mentioning the children of God, you can bring that to date right now. We are they. We are the extension of that family. Are you hearing me, somebody? So he's talking to you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods and the fruit of your body and increase of your livestock and in the produce of your ground and the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure house, the heavens to give you the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. God said, I'm going to open my good treasure house, my good storehouse, some of your Bibles may say. And he said, it's not coming from your job, but it's coming from the heavens. 
Malachi 3 tells us that God will open up the windows of heaven and do what? Pour out a blessing for you that you will not have room enough to receive. He says, I'm going to open up my good storehouse. And the Bible says specifically to give you rain to your land in its season. You got to declare this right now. 2022, this year will not be dry for me. This will not be a dry year, but God says, I've opened up my good storehouse and I'm releasing rain. I'm releasing rain. I'm releasing showers of blessing. Glory to God from heaven. Watch this here to give you rain in your season. Now, that's specifically because God says, I'm not going to give it to you when you ask for it, but I'm going to do it in your season. See, as a servant partner, we don't force the rain. We say, God, I know that the windows of heaven are going to be opened. So as a servant, I'm going to continue to obey you until it's my season to receive the rain. Now, guess what we can do? We can believe and we can declare that this year is the year for new rain. We don't know when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen, but we can live as if it's already raining. See, that's where our faith with work comes to pass. Because we don't wait for the rain to come. We live as if the rain is already coming. Are you hearing me, somebody? He says, I'll give you rain in your season. And he says, I will bless the works of your hand. And then it goes to what we all know. He says, and you shall lend to many nations. But you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head. And not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath if 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 it sounds real good right but we can't we can't forget about the part where it says if see if watch this here represents our responsibility it goes back to our servant partnership god says this is my part this is what I'm going to do. This is my responsibility. But I'm only going to do all of that. Somebody say if. If, 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 if. You'll be the head and not the tail. If. You, you'll be above only and never beneath. If. I, I, I'm going to open up my good storehouse. If. I'm, I'm going to release your debt. If. I'm going to bless your house and I'm going to bless the works of your hand. If. Guess what? Most people say, oh, Lord, that's a deal. But we as servant partners, we say, yes, God, if, 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 if. Whatever I got to do to get that thing to release, give me the if. He said, if what? You are careful to observe all of the commandments that I've given you. Are you following me? This isn't punishment. It's an honor that God would even say, if, because that says, I know you can do it. God does everything in his perfect plan and his perfect will. So he would never even give you the if, if he didn't know that he put in you what's necessary to perform the if successfully. That dream you have, that passion you have, that unction you have, that's not from the enemy. That unction in you to do what you've been dreaming to do, that comes from the hand of God. That's the Holy Ghost living in you. And that unction is your if. God says, I told you what to do. I told you how to move. I told you where to go. I told you what to say. If you just step out on faith and do it. 
and stop worrying about what you don't have and don't worry about who's not supporting you and don't be concerned about I'm too old for this. You are never too old for God to do a new thing in your life. You are never too old to write your first book, start your business, release your music, start that clothing line, and you're not too young for it either. If you would obey. I just have somebody get a breakthrough right there. You better stop making excuses. God looks at you in the face and says, if you do it, that means I know you can do it. And I'm just waiting on you to prove yourself as a successful servant partner. So now who is this God that we're trusting in? Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah El Elyon, Jehovah Sid Canoe, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Roha, Jehovah Roy. Jehovah Jireh, all of these different attributes of God are powerful, they're wonderful. But specifically, I want you to focus your attention on this fact. See, when you need healing, you specifically, you turn your mind to to partner with Jehovah Rapha, right? When you're believing God for righteousness and you're saying, God, I I need you to clean me up, I need you to prepare me, you start focusing your attention on Jehovah Sidkenu. When you need God to be your shepherd, you start focusing on Jehovah Ruach. When you, when you need God to provide because of what he sees, oh, God, I'm just in need, you start, you start partnering intentionally with Jehovah Jireh. When you need God to see something that you can't see with your own eyes, you start, you start focusing on Jehovah Rohi because he's the God who sees. But let me tell you about who I want you to be intentional about getting in touch with during this harvest season. Jehovah El Shaddai. Jehovah El Shaddai. Jehovah El Shaddai, the all-powerful one, the double-breasted one or the multi-breasted one, the almighty God, which, which that word almighty comes from that word might, which means the power to do anything, limitless power, limitless might, like Paul prayed in Ephesians 3 and, 20, uh, 3 and 14 or something like that. Uh, Paul said, Lord, fill me with your might. That's the ability to do anything. That is limitless power. When you get in touch with Jehovah El Shaddai, that means that you're in partnership with the God who has no limits. Hey, you no limits, glory. Not a single limit. Jehovah El Shaddai can take down every wall. He'll cause every mountain in your life that has been blocking you from the harvest that Doc has been teaching about and cause that mountain to crumble and fall to the bottom of the sea. El Shaddai has no limit to what he can do. El Shaddai has no enemy that he can't defeat. El Shaddai has no limit to the financial increase that he can bring to your life. El Shaddai has no limit to the sickness that he can't heal. El Shaddai is the God who we're partnering with. And when we get in touch with God Almighty, he releases a piece of that power in you and you become Almighty and then you go back to fourth grade and say, this is why I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength because El Shaddai lives in me. Somebody shout Almighty. Somebody say it again. Say Almighty power. Say it again. Almighty power lives in me. El Shaddai. He's on your side. He's on your side. He's on your side. When you got El Shaddai in your life, listen, I wrote this down, and I, and I just want, I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to wrap up. I got, uh, yeah, because if I don't, I'll be here all night just talking about El Shaddai. Let me tell you something. With that name, God was revealing to Abraham that he's the all-sufficient God. 
He's the God of more than enough. Are you? That's my daddy too. More than enough. This is why Paul was able to say there in Ephesians 3 and 20, and my God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. All according to, watch, the power that worketh in us. There's responsibility again. He can do it, but there's a power that he's deposited in you. That we have to be intentional about using in our partnership with God for the harvest. Do you receive something out of this today? Let's stand together. I'm out of time. I'm, I don't want to disobey that clock. Somebody say hallelujah. First Corinthians. First Corinthians 2 and 5 explains this, this step so perfectly. I want to read it to you. Second Corinthians 2 and 5, it says, Your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. But in who? In the power of God. Too many of us, we love people. I love people. We can stand with folk and believe God with folk. But if you're partnering with people who have not made it an agenda to partner with God, you're standing in the way of your own blessing. Are you hearing me? Man can make you promises, but if they're not carrying the glory of El Shaddai on the inside, you're partnering with the wrong ones. Are you hearing me, somebody? People can say they're hearing from God and doing this, that, that, but if they're not being moved by their partnership with God, you're in the wrong space. This is why you ought to be rejoicing about the fact that you got a man and woman of God who are partner servants with God. They are connected to El Shaddai and they've seen the glory on their life. And guess what? That same anointing that you sit under every week here is the same anointing that will be released on your life. Why? Because they are in connection with God the right way and that glory that's on their life has been released on you. Are you hearing me, somebody? Give God the greatest praise you can right now if you've got that word. Hey, come on. Come on, I said rejoice. Come on, rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice, come on, come on. Lift up the praise, watch this here, that says I've got the right partnership today. My business deals are good. My business partnerships are well, but I'm glad to be a servant partner. Come on. Thank him right now. Thank him right now. Thank him right now. Watch this here. This time, I want you to lift your voice and praise God in advance for giving you divine strength to press through. Hey, glory. Hallelujah. 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 I was going to skip this one. But listen to this. This will this, make you laugh and shout also. But in that same word, partnership, I told you before, a partnership is one associated with another, especially in action. But another part of that word, partnership, is this. One or two more people who play together in a game against an opposing enemy. One or two more people who play together in a game against an opposing enemy. So, you know, right away, that made me think about spiritual warfare. You know, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It doesn't mean that the weapons won't form. It doesn't mean that there's warfare. But guess what? When you're partnered with God as a servant partner, the warfare comes, but you can avoid unnecessary warfare. Because y'all are in this thing. He's already fighting the battle for you. Stop, stop fighting so much. Let God have his way. 
See, that's the part of the responsibility we don't have to worry about because he already said the battle's mine. Yes, sir. So all we got to do is stay in partnership with God and let them fight the battle while we're doing everything else we're supposed to be doing, like staying in prayer, staying in fasting, and staying in strong so that the weapons of the enemy don't prosper against us because we yield to them. The only way the enemy can block your harvest is if you allow the enemy to occupy your mind. So let God fight that battle. Let him fight that battle. Can I pray for you real quick? Come on, lift your hands all over this place right now. Just begin to pray right now and out loud. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, begin to pray for your family right now. Before I pray, you pray. Pray for your family. Pray for your church. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your neighbor. Just thank God in advance for what he's done and what he's about to do in your life. This is your year for harvest. This is your year for increase. This is your year of double. This is your year of overflow. This is your year to partner with God like you never partnered before. Come on, pray out loud. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, if you're in agreement with what I say, just shout amen. Just shout amen. Ready? One, two, ready, go. I see success on you. I see limitless favor on you. I see God blessing the works of your hand. Therefore, everything you touch will prosper. I see you making tremendous advancement. I said I see you making tremendous advancement. No weapon formed against you shall ever prosper. No negative word spoken against you will prosper. God has given you a new level of authority right now. This will be your week to step to a greater level. This will be your week to speak words of power, words of authority, words of increase, words of harvest. This is your week for good news. I said, this is your week for some good news. I said, this is your week for good news. You're making progress. You're making advancement. You're moving forward. You're going to a higher dimension. The devil is rebuked for your sake. Your body is healed. You are delivered. You are set free in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Hey, rejoice, come on. I want you to look at three people right now and just tell them, say, this is your week to advance. Did they act happy? Lord, thank you, Jesus, for this time. Thank you for these, your precious people that have come from all over this DMV area. Thank you, Lord God, that even as the S-U-N isn't shining, the S-O-N is shining. And Father, we're shining in the Holy Ghost and the strength of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for this pastor. Thank you for Pastor Ken, Pastor Lynn. Thank you for the pastoral staff of this ministry and everybody that calls this place home. God, I thank you that this day has been a day where our minds have shifted. We've been encouraged. We've been uplifted. And God, we're ready to take action as servant partners for the harvest. Father, we declare by faith that our harvest time is now. And we thank you that according to your word in Deuteronomy 28, verse number 12, your storehouse is open for us. And God, you're releasing rain from heaven 
to soak our land, to soak our children, to soak our families. Father God, let not one drop be missed. Thank you, Lord God, that there's a flood of favor, a river of glory. Thank you that the harvest is now. And Father, I pray for every man and every woman in this place. And I ask you, God, to take them to another level. Father, they're just one step away from their next big blessing. And I thank you for the testimonies and the praise that will come in advance. This word was a blessing. And we're ready for what's next, oh God. Thank you that no man, no woman in this place will be confused not another day about what's next in their life. God, we got the right partner in you. And you have the right servant in us. You take pleasure in our prosperity. So Father, we receive it for your glory now. And in Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together, amen. Amen. And amen. We'd like to thank you for listening to this life-changing message. We hope you enjoyed the word that was specifically prepared for you to hear today. You can send your monetary donation to our ministry online at www.dreamlifewc.com.